Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Well, well, well. It is the week of the Oscars. And yes, you would expect us to do a good movie. Yes, you would expect us to maybe do a Titanic. Maybe slap a Ben-Hur on it. Go and kiss yourself for us, will you? Because hell no, we are doing the Razzies this week. Because the Razzies is also the week of the Oscars. And you know what? I learned a lot of fun things about a lot of what John Waters would call bad trash this yes, week. Yes, Jacqueline Zabrowski. This is Holden McNeely here to also talk about the Golden Raspberry Awards, a parody award show honoring the worst films of the year or cinematic underachievements, as they put it, a necessary evil, I think, ladies and gentlemen, because there's something about a wonderfully bad film that we can all get behind. I mean, honestly, my whole 2019, I feel like, was bookended by the glorious disaster that was the Cats Cats. film. oh yes. And and, and one of my most memorable movie theater experiences ever. Was it Little Women? No, I love the movie. Was it uh, seeing uh, the Star Wars movies? I mean, Parasite also. Yeah, totally. But in terms of memorable movie theater experiences, in terms of ones I'll never forget, I'm going to have to go with dressing like a dog, eating enough edibles to kill God, and seeing cats in the movie theater. Natalie Jean, do you concur? I am Natalie Jean, so I do concur. And uh, yeah, I do think uh, as well as what you were just saying about John Waters, there is a very fine line sometimes between what is good and what is very bad. And uh, as Henry was saying when we were watching one of the movies we are going to talk about, it's about two clicks away from David Lynch. Yeah. That is well, the insane part. For sure. We just watched all of John Waters over the past week. And it is such a vast difference. <laughs> I almost said vast deference, vast deference as a joke. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> it is a vast deference because <laughs> sitting and watching these movies and going through, because I, I've always heard about the Razzies before. I remember I was really, my attention was truly brought to the Razzies when the Emoji movie won because I was like, of course it won the Razzies because I just assumed that the Razzies were just giving like, oh, this is the worst one that they did this year. But they had 
they pick and choose some movies that I would say I don't agree with. It's mm, not all mm-hmm. just like the worst garbage you can watch on a screen. Although right. I will say I'm excited because as you guys will find out, they they announce the nominations the day of the Razzies. So we don't know this year. Or the day who, of the Oscars. The day, No, the day of the day of the no, it's the night before the Oscars. Ah, yes, yes. So we do not know who's but uh, come on. Cats is going to be the star of the show. So many of the cats Ah. definitely. I'm I'm assuming that the fanatic is going to be up for at least a couple of things. I hope so. The fanatic deserves it. And I'm saying this as a compliment, because (laughs) if you get nominated for the Razzies, at least you didn't make something boring because 100 percent. Yes. And none of the things that I watched for this week, I would say were boring. I was definitely paying attention. And most of the time paying attention going why would they ever do this right there was a lot of i wouldn't say boring i would say jarring i would say repulsive and uh definitely um there were choices there were some and we'll get into um of course i think we're dancing around i know who killed me uh as one of the films but uh, especially that one there were choices in that film that actively felt like they were trying to drive me away from the movie you know what I mean? There yes. were like literally like things in there that was like, wow, this feels like they actually want me to not be watching this you. right now. <laughs> I and dare that, you to keep watching it. Yes. That takes Which I can appreciate. Talent. I can appreciate I it. I definitely approve of that. It, I, I, and a lot of, I saw that in the second year of the Razzies that Mommy Dearest won a bunch of Razzies. Sure. Which, as someone that loved that movie, I took offense to. So I understand why some of Hollywood not even just Hollywood, I would say most of Hollywood, as well as critics, and anyone that is anybody, I'm going to say 70% of the population goes online to be like, fuck you, Razzies, for shitting on people that are trying (laughs) to make art. You look me in the eye, Adam Sandler, and you tell me that you didn't know what you were doing when you made Jack and Jill. You knew exactly what you were doing when you made Jack and Jill. So don't give me this shit of that, like you think that this was supposed to be art, that you were, this, look at it in the way that John Waters looked at his early movies. They were having fun. And sure. I, I know that the member, that the people on set of Jack and Jill, Al Pacino had a great time in that movie. Right. I, I fucking respect the shit out of Adam Sandler, not only because he's made some movies that I love, but he will take an entire movie plot, figure out where he wants to go on vacation, and just make the story about that place, and then they go. And he and gets millions of dollars yeah, to do it. Fucking genius. But uh, obviously, he know, I don't think he's one of the ones who complains about the Razzies, is he? Yeah. I think no, he's, no. he's been on there a couple times. I think he was also nominated for stuff for That's My Boy, which- yes. Has a very graphic incest sex scene in it, uh, which is all you really need to know about it. I did not have the pleasure of watching That's My Boy. It is a comedy, though, correct? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, this this brings up a good point, too, that uh, first of all, I love watching stuffy Hollywood people get stuffed by, uh, you know, stu- things like the Razzie. Uh, but also, the, the the bad film has been celebrated by film buffs for many a year. It helps us to, I think, 
make fun of this thing that we also hold up to such a high regard so that we never take ourselves too seriously. And it does beg the question, you know, we talk about the idea of the gush when we talk about, uh, uh, you know, these things that we cover in pop history and things like that. For me, I guess my question I want to ask you guys, what was that first film that you actively watched in order to make fun of it, to laugh at it? Of course, The Room happened during our lifespan, and, yes. and that definitely was, I think maybe Troll 2, which is hilarious because I actually actively love, I really loved Troll 2 as a child. I saw it when I was in the mountains uh, on a stay with my parents, and I had a friend with me, and we actually really enjoyed Troll 2 legitimately as children, and then later found out that it was a fucking terrible shit show. Um, I remember having movie theater experiences of films that I felt were terrible. In hindsight, uh, I have, you know, my Nell story that I've told uh, where I was on it. You know, I decided to take a girl on a date to see Nell and put my try to put my arm around her. And she leaned forward till I took it away. Uh, and I think we were in the front row. I mean, there were a lot of things that made that experience particularly fucking vile for me and now laughable and hilarious in hindsight. Were there films that you got together with people and watched? I mean, I know that we have a bit of a horror bent, and yeah. I do definitely remember Jason X being um, a movie that I, I delighted in its terribleness, but also it legitimately got me like the the slamming of the uh, sleeping bags. Um, oh yeah, yeah. The people in the sleeping bags <laughs> against the tree or yeah, whatever. That was, that's a fun death. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I would say that about the the horror movie House when I was a yes. teenager. Oh, yes. We watched it and we made fun of it and I fucking hated that movie. And then <laughs> as an adult, I've watched it and I have a full, I've gone full circle on it yeah. where <laughs> I love, I think that movie's fucking wonderful. I think it's yeah. really well done. The, the effects are great. I, I get the irony side of it more. So I, I'm not... You know, putting down house at all, but yeah, I think that was one of the earliest movies I remember watching, and right for kind of making at. fun of it. Yeah, mm-hmm, well, mm-hmm. I, I know the the most recent one we did, and this was on Natalie and Henry's recommendation, was watching Silent Night, Deadly Night Part Two, <laughs> that is on Shutter, and it is one of the funniest <laughs> horror movies I've ever seen where they took I believe that because we watched the um, Joe Bob Briggs version yeah. of it I believe that 46 minutes of the hour and 20 minute long movie was actual footage from the first movie mm-hmm. that they re-put into the second side of the movie and it is hilarious and I mean there's what nine boobies in it mm-hmm. and um, it's everything that you want in a schlocky Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to force everyone to watch Jack and Jill every year on Thanksgiving because oh, I don't know if you fucking know this, but it's a Thanksgiving movie. Oh, sure. And we're going to watch it every oh, year on Thanksgiving. Oh, okay. <laughs> you are my family and you have to. I definitely remember loving the Batman films and watching Batman and Robin by myself oh, yes. after renting it from Blockbuster. And that, I think, was one of the first times that I realized something could be bad, that I, my, my childhood... But that you know, made me when you're sad. A kid, I was just saddened by that. It didn't make <laughs> me laugh. And I remember how many times I, when I first saw My Girl, I saw it because I was oh, the age yeah. of... Like, I legitimately I loved liked My Girl. My girl. I, I loved My Girl. Wonderful. And then all of my friends made Fun of the scene, which is why I think I still make jokes about it. About the he can't see without his what? glasses. <laughs> so then I would what watch it with my friends. Were you hanging out with 
I know it. And they eventually became my druggie friends. Are we shocked? No. Making fun of my girl is the gateway drug to drugs. Seriously. And so then I would also make fun of it because I thought that, I was like, oh, everyone thinks that this movie is shocky and it's not good. You know what? I'm here to say as an adult and with confidence that I like My Girl. My Girl's and a I great think it's movie. A good movie. I also love My Girl, too. I know it. With handsome <laughs> Mick long hair. And we're basically <laughs> living it out now because we're in Los Angeles. Yeah, but you guys need to have a funeral home between this and Six Feet Under. <laughs> What are we doing with our lives? I guess. But it really was the room that I think blew the doors open when it came to celebrating Ironic and really watches. getting out there and supporting a bad movie in the theater. I remember uh, getting a hold of that with some friends of mine in the apartment I lived before this apartment I currently live in now that uh, Ben Kissel still lives in. I remember I was living with Jason Kephart. We had heard about how fucking greatly terrible this movie was. And we were, we had, I remember we just howling with laughter and just loving that experience. And so, yeah, I mean, uh, I, you know, and then this week, you know, you guys tortured me with forcing me to watch I Know Who Killed Me and Catwoman. And um, I didn't realize that actually it was Jack and Jill that fully swept the Razzies. We'll talk Every about some Every single award. We'll talk about some of the more famous winners. I did not see Jack and Jill this week, and I feel like I'm doing a disservice for our listeners because of it. But you guys watched well, uh, Jack and Jill? Jackie did. I watched The Color of Night, which okay. was a 90s movie that got on there, which I thoroughly, <laughs> thoroughly enjoyed. No, I did Jack and Jill, but I will say that I thought that Jeff was going to leave me because I woke him up <laughs> while watching Jack and Jill like in the morning. And I've never seen, if you want to get your partner out of bed really fast, put Jack and Jill on right. in the bedroom. And That's a good, just, leave. It's a good idea for a, a modern alarm clock. It is. Yeah, I've just never seen him razzie. get in the shower so fast. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's. I think it's definitely a, a necessary evil. The Razzies. I had so much fun learning about the history. I was shocked when you said to me, Jaggy, that we are upon our fortieth. Razzie Award. I had no. Ceremony. And this is the first year that it's going to be televised. This forty years of it. Again, I feel like we've heard about. I've always had like the Razzies in the back of my head, but I've never looked at the Razzies before, right? Because it was just something that this That's dude lived in his living room. Well, yeah. yeah, but you guys remember this? Do you remember from childhood? I, I have memories of the Razzies. Vaguely from my entire life, pretty much. Really? I first, I really didn't know that they went back that far. And I first became aware of them while working at my terrible office job. Um, desperate to find things to uh, enjoy hating. And the Razzies I, I came upon. And I was like, oh, this makes sense. And of course, Halle Berry's acceptance speech. I think that's kind of how I found it. Maybe it was on Reddit or something. We yeah. will talk about that as one of my most, my favorite things about this this uh, subject. For sure. Gracious losers. Gracious uh, um, people with this goddamn sense of humor about because the work that they do. they are winners of something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And they also <laughs> made a lot of money. Well, At the yeah. end of the day, they still made money doing something that is ridiculous. It is not sitting at a job that they hate. It is still, I mean, maybe they didn't like making the films. I don't know, but... It is still a fun way to make a living. I would much, I would much rather something I made be on the Razzies right. than no one ever watch it. Or then not at all. Because yeah. again, I mean, this is not. I mean, I know who killed me 
for example, I mean, this is, again, a movie that is so spectacularly terrible that it is absolutely watchable. Mm -hmm. Whereas there's so many movies that come out that are just boringly terrible, and that's no fun. And, and, you know, and and, uh, it's so true. It takes a lot to make a, a good movie. And it it's the same. It takes a lot to make a bad movie. So many things have to fall into place so perfectly. Like, absolutely shitty puzzle pieces, just all covered in shit and, <laughs> and connecting together so wonderfully to create the mosaic that is a bad movie. It's not like um someone, you know, it only takes one person to write a bad book. It only takes one person to write a terrible song. But, you know, a film is like so many people saying yes to this turd. Yes, have Jill fart for at least three more minutes so that you can get across the idea that she did eat Mexican food after a highly racist Mexican scene. So many people have to approve of that and say, yeah, sure, put that in the movie theater. And and because of that, we must award these things and we must celebrate these things. So shall we get into it? Shall we talk about the history of the Razzies, some of the more notable aspects of the Razzies? I love the history. Um, this this was a award show co-founded by UCLA film graduates and industry veterans John J.B. Wilson and Mo Murphy. It's called uh, The Golden Raspberry in reference to the phrase blowing a raspberry, which goes back to at least 1890. I had no idea any of this stuff, I by the way. I like this. <laughs> I had no idea this was Cockney rhyming slang. Of course, Cockney rhyming slang, a, a thing I do absolutely love, where they rhyme words with the words they're really talking about. It's like a code language and a raspberry tart is slang for fart. Uh, and so that's how we, I had no idea that's where uh, uh, a Razzie, blowing a raspberry came from. Um, it's literally just making a fake fart noise. And uh, it's also uh, has been abbreviated. You on it. You gotta get your <laughs> lips all wet to make a good one. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Jackie's favorite noise and favorite type of comedy. That is one thing I have found in common with a lot of the Razzie movies is farts. <laughs> is yeah, obnoxious lot, fart humor. Fart theme through a lot of the Razzies. Uh, and uh, this phrase has also been abbreviated in the U.S. by 1919 to just Raz, and has been called also a Bronx cheer since at least the early 1920s. So that is where Razzie comes from. That is the golden raspberry. It is a fart noise. John J.B. Wilson, let's talk about him. He grew up in Chicago, but he moved to Santa Monica, California at the age of nine. He was raised during the Great Depression, and quote, movies meant a lot to them, uh, referring to his parents and his whole family. His parents were movie buffs and gave him a great appreciation of the art form. He would uh, end up skipping school a lot at a young age to go watch the Academy Awards from the bleachers. This is like a true blue L.A. boy. Majored, uh, he majored in film and television at UCLA and then worked on marketing campaigns for movies. So perfect situation to be put in in order to discover just an endless slew of fucking god-awful films. He mm-hmm. was a copywriter for uh, a sponsor of the Los Angeles Film Festival. And and so being these specific gigs, copywriter for that, film festival, uh, marketing for all these movies, that has him watching over 200 movies a year. And Wilson said, when you see that many movies, the odds do not favor the stuff that the Oscars or Globes are talking about. The odds favor the opposite. It's far easier to make and finance, and therefore far easier to see a bad movie. Um, And yeah, he even actually would end up doing some marketing work for the Academy Awards. 
Well, and that's why I really like this. They they hit home that the Razzies don't discriminate when they're picking bad films. He says, in fact, probably I prefer to see a Hollywood heavy hitter in a bad film. Judging by previous year's winners, we've got A-listers like Halle Berry, Ben Affleck, Robert Redford. So that like they are not looking at just like, oh, they're not heading just at low hanging fruit here. Yeah, totally. Low hang hanging fruit. Gagging, what was that? The Lindsay low hanging fruit. Oh yeah, the Lee low hanging fruit. <laughs> I thought that fruit. was a, a yes. poop joke. <laughs> I thought it was also a poop joke. That's what I'm ready for. That's what I've prepped myself for in this instance. He said it's all about taking Hollywood's favorite pastime, congratulating itself, and turning it on its head. It's our reminder that yes, you made movies like Doubt, Benjamin Button, and Slumdog Millionaire, but you also made things like Love Guru and Meet Dave and Indiana Jones Four. Sure, and you don't, I mean, you try your best to choose films that are going to be good, but you never have any full idea, you know, of what's, you know, you can never, there's no safe bets here, and sometimes things just are a disaster, the the culmination of just a slew of bad decisions. I love how the whole award show began, because it really started like anyone else would start this fun tradition. This was literally just, uh, Wilson would hold potluck dinner parties at his house in LA for the Academy Awards. And I remember the first time I was in LA, it was during the Academy Awards. And I did remember feeling like weird. I didn't realize on the West Coast, you're done with the Academy Awards by like 8 p.m. Like this is, you know, I was so used to Academy Awards going until past my bedtime. Go to all the awards, razors every year. Yeah, we're always at the party. Partying till 2 a.m. Right, right, yeah. It's all all this stuff. And so you don't realize that. So after the 1980 awards show, because they were just trying to figure out what to do with their time once the awards show ended early, he and his friends uh, get up and give award presentations in his living room for these bad awards. And this ends up being pretty successful. And Wilson said, the Oscars come on at five and are over sometime around nine. And when you have that many people over, you have to have something to do. So I set up a cardboard podium and invited people to offer up nominees for the worst film of the year. And the first ever worst picture award went to Alan Carr's Can't Stop the Music, which I had to look up. And then I remembered exactly what this film was. Oh, yes. The the Village People musical. And, And of course, just so poorly timed. This is when disco is absolutely dying. Like it is just, just nothing about this is is on top. It of- just wasn't the right time for it. That's what I love about the Razzies. That it, it's not even just that this movie should never have been made. It's celebrating the fact that this movie is ridiculous, and this isn't the time for it. They should have made it five years ago. Or yes. the, the opposite, which is uh, with Catwoman, and we'll discuss that. Is you take every trend that's happening in modern society and put it all together. Into right. And you're like, don't you see? No, 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 this should be the hit. This should be the hit of the year. And then they fall flat on their face sometimes. <laughs> Wilson said, I happen to, I, oh my God, dude. Could you imagine this? Just, could you imagine this? I happen to pay 99 cents for a double feature of Can't Stop the Music and Olivia Newton-John in Xanadu and was refused my money, <laughs> my money back <laughs> afterwards. Could you fathom seeing Can't Stop the Music and Xanadu no. in the same afternoon It would depend on how many theater. drugs I am. I'm on. If I'm on drugs, then sure, yeah, no, I'll sit and watch them all but day. But this is before, before weed is legal ar- in LA. And also before ironic <laughs> viewings. If you go in with the 
preparation of just having a fun time with it, I think it would actually be a fun double feature. Yeah. But if you're going in to see cinema, I guess then you can't enjoy it. I just, I can't fathom that the level of quality of edibles were where they needed to be back then to thoroughly enjoy the, these films, though I will say, I think that if Cats had come out in, in the 90s or something before I had access to high-quality THC edibles, I just don't know if I would have had the same top five memorable theater experiences that I had in the movie, much like Jurassic World uh, <laughs> 2, which was, uh, I was so <laughs> high, and I just was howling with laughter during the millionaire uh, uh, auction of the dinosaurs, which is one of my favorite, <laughs> just amazing moments I in that film that mean nothing without no. edibles. <laughs> um, so in 1981, Wilson's little show actually gets some mentions in the local press. Now you have to remember, uh, Perfect Storm, this guy knows marketing. He specifically knows marketing for award shows he and for exactly movies. exactly what he's doing. It's so perfect. He was born yeah, he, to do he, this. He releases some press releases in newspapers. So that's the thing. And I think that's what, that's the disconnect. Like, well, I think a lot of people would hold like a fake award ceremony with their friends as an in-joke and it would just be this small thing. But he took it to the next level using his business expertise. And I think that's how we ended up with the, the Razzies that we know today. The first official Golden Raspberry Awards, though, weren't until 1984. When they moved to the cere- moved the ceremony also to the night before the Academy Awards as opposed to doing it right after. Wilson said, when we moved it to the night before the Oscars, it suddenly became this big deal. Part of it is that you have all this press in town for the Oscars from all around the world. And the night before the show, they really have nothing, they nothing else, else to do. do. So there you go. And uh, the show is, and I love that they they did this. The show is deliberately low-end and tacky, as Wilson put it. It costs, uh, the awards themselves cost under $5 each and come in the form of a golf ball-sized raspberry sitting on top of a Super 8 millimeter film reel, all spray-painted gold. I believe it said that it's caught, each one costs about four ninety seven, including <laughs> the labor that is involved. <laughs> Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Uh, They took place, the the first awards ceremony at least, took place in a local elementary school cafeteria, which I just think is perfect. Oh, yeah. And uh, the first official show drew around three dozen people. But the attendance numbers, oh, they double a year later. And then after that, they double a year after that as well. And the fourth event is actually even covered by CNN and some other big outlets. And that's where they start getting this big name. I want to jump the gun a little bit here because I'm infinitely curious. Jackie, where? 
where is this televised event being held? Where can we find it? I, I uh, do you know? Is it so, streaming or like what's the deal? Now the thing is, what is what I'm seeming is that it's going to be on a television channel that I'm going to go ahead and say that none of us get. <laughs> I think that it is. It, it seems that it's a uh, yeah, it's like a cable channel that nobody really gets. It's called Comedy Dynamics. And um, so it will be televised there. But in previous years, wherever it was shot, you can watch parts of it on YouTube. So I think that they're going to take it after it is aired and put it on YouTube. Fantastic. So it's being produced by Comedy Dynamics, which is also a comedy production company that has put out like things that they've worked with Kevin Hart. They work with Jim Gaffigan. All right. All right. So it will be put out the night before the Oscars. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, now we uh, have just different facts about the award show. Just amazing feats done by different uh, actors and directors to receive uh, so many awards, so many different ways. One of my favorites is there are uh, three people in history have won both a Razzie and an Oscar in the same weekend, and that would be Alan Menken in 1993, Brian Helgland in 98, and Sandra Bullock in 2010. Uh, she got uh, the Blind Side right, um, mm-hmm. and then. And then what was the one she won for? All I think about I have Steve. All she about won it in the Steve. same weekend. I think she should have won a Razzie for the fucking blind so side. So also, at this point, the current awards that are uh, that are eligible, you've got Worst Picture, you have Worst Director, you got Worst Actor, Worst Actress, Worst Supporting Actor, Worst Supporting Actress, Worst Screenplay, Worst Prequel, Remake, Ripoff, or Sequel, that is one. <laughs> worst Screen Combo. And then now they also, which we'll get into in a little bit, the Razzie Redeemer Award. What yes, I, like, I love it. About two with the Razzies that every year they usually will also make up a new award sure. for that year specifically. Like, for instance, they have sometimes they'll have worst movie trends of the year where the nominations included um, longer movies, shorter plots and spoiler filled trailers. Some of my favorite, which I think really comes hand in hand with our other pop histories, are some unconventional things can also get Razzie Awards as well, like Mariah Carey's breasts in Glitter. She Her breasts won Worst Screen Couple in Glitter. <laughs> Mariah's cleavage was on show so much, it constantly <laughs> distracted the viewer from critical analysis of the film. Reviewers <laughs> complained of, quote, flat acting, weak songs, and unlikable characters. But it was okay if you liked a film about breasts. Rating an abysmal 2 out of 10 for effort on a fan site, this pairing missed out on the Razzie to John Travolta and, quote, anyone who shared a screen with him in Battlefield Earth. But mm. don't worry, that year Mariah Carey still won the Razzie for Worst Actress. Wow. I was worried. Uh, I Again, I think that it's fun that they do go into unconventional ways of people winning, like when we talk about I Know Who Killed Me, because not only did Lindsay Lohan win every one of the major Razzies that year for it, but she also won Worst On-Screen Couple because she plays two different characters. Mm, kind yes. of? Well, <laughs> kind <yeah>. of. <laughs> Spoiler. So I'm uh, sorry. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Spoiler good alert. Good lord. I will. We will get more into that later as well. I do. I cannot believe that Aerosmith's "I Don't Want to Miss a Thing" was nominated for an Oscar, but it was also nominated for a Razzie. I, I think, think that, I do get it. I do understand. Really? <laughs> I just that song, I man. Love, I'm I mean, just, I love Aerosmith. I can't. 
I love Aerosmith too, but that song, I'm so glad that time is behind us. That summer was atrocious. That music video was constantly playing. That song was constantly on the radio or at whatever fucking retail establishment I was at. Confession, I still listen to that song. You know what? I have it on a couple of playlists. Somebody made me do that karaoke once and it was rough it's a oh, long song i bet it just goes on and on and on it's one of those nightmare karaoke songs where you don't realize how many times they repeat the chorus i'm the most it, it mostly disturbs me because his relationship with Liv tyler makes me uncomfortable of course uh, due to the you know the old music video where she's a stripper in his song uh the video for uh one of them ones with alicia silverstone and then this and that that movie uh Liv tyler is one of the lead i don't even remember what movie that is what is that from Oh, wow. Armageddon. Yeah. And she's playing like the lead in it. I don't know. I don't like yeah, I don't like yeah. the relationship. It, Very bizarre. It is a little, yeah, no, it's a little creepy. I'll give there you that. Are, there are two actors uh, that got both of uh, uh, worst and best actor awards for the same performance in the same movie. And that would be James Coco for Only When I Laugh, which I've never heard of. And Amy Irving for Yentl. Have Which you guys I don't seen think that, that's necessarily really? fair. Mm. I don't think it's fair. But again, because we, like this, you have to remember too, these are not people, the people that vote for the Razzies are not the people like the Academy. These are not upper brow people. I'm sure there are some upper brow people on there. I don't even know if upper brow is a word, but that's why I get I, it think that we find that we go against some of the things that they have to say because anyone can vote for the Razzies as long as you pay for a membership of the Golden Raspberry Award group. Yes. Well, yeah, that which is which is way more American, I will yeah. say. With the Oscars are like usually just these out of touch old ass people. They don't yeah. like actually choose any genre films ever or anything. So Razzies is more a representative of America. No, and that's why I like that. I like that there are ones that are debatable that I don't agree with, as opposed to the Oscars, where it's just like, well, these are all great, great, great movies. And sometimes it's just like, well, I love Mommy Dearest, even though I'm aware of the fact that Mommy Dearest is not the best movie that has ever mm-hmm. been made, but I've seen it hundreds of times. So uh, here is how it's all broken down. Anyone can vote for an annual membership. Uh, It only costs $40, and the renewal price is just $25 to keep it going. There are other membership tiers where they throw in different things like T-shirts and things. It goes all the way up to $500, and that is for a lifetime membership, which includes getting 25 of your friends in on the vote two t-shirts and acknowledgement in their program. Of course, you can also be anonymous. Of course, hilariously, a lot of people, especially Hollywood elite members that are a part of this thing, wish to be anonymous and don't wish to actually have their names known as uh, being part of the voting committee. Uh, They surpassed the thousand member threshold back in 2017, which was a big goal of theirs that they hit and and have had members in 49 states. I think back then, Wyoming was the holdout. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure sure if that's still a thing because that was 2017 so someone in wyoming listen to this come on throw down the you 40 gotta bucks do it make history and there's something like 24 countries involved in this by the way they do put out go outside of america which is great yeah sure 
Uh, Wilson said, I think it's significant that I think we are the only awards that have all those different sectors of opinion voting on a single award. The other thing that I love to point out is that we now have 10 times as many voting members as the Golden Globes. They have less than 100 voting members. It varies from year to year. I don't know why they are taken so seriously. (laughs) I had no idea that that was the the small amount of people that voted on the Golden Globes. It should be wider. Again, you're right. It's like, this is America. We should be voting on these things. And of course, if you do win a Razzie, you do you can become an honorary member if you would like. I don't know how many takers there are on that, but that is an offering of theirs. They have also partnered with Rotten Tomatoes so that they can narrow things down a little bit. If a film has less than 25% approval rating, it's pretty likely to get on the ballot. And of Which course, don't even you, bring me up, bring up how I feel about Rotten Tomatoes. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. We went up to, yeah, they're weird. And I, believe I don't that love Jack them. and Jill has a higher Rotten, Rotten Tomatoes percentage than the movie Clifford, which is an amazing movie. Thank you very much, Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Uh, when asked, uh, when Wilson was asked uh, if anyone has ever gotten upset about winning a Razzie, he said, "Oh yeah, nah. there are there are two in our early years. One of them was reported in the British press, and if you know the British press, it could be true, might not. But when Faye Dunaway won for Mommy Dearest, somebody supposedly told her at a press party, and to quote the newspaper, she quote flew into a litigious rage. The other one, Sylvester Stallone, for Which about this fourteen one makes me feel." Sad because he mm. has been nominated for 31 <laughs> Razzies, and when they when they nominated him for the worst actor of the century in the year 2000, he kind of flipped out because I this is another one where you know what I appreciate the fact that they are going to say and think how they want to think, but he has put a lot of effort into Jackie, creating his career. Do you think this has anything to do with your personal feelings about Sylvester Stallone? I might want to rub a loin or two upon <laughs> him, yes, but. I feel because I imagine you hit 31 or like you were said that you're nominated for the worst actor of the century, which also in 2000, Madonna won worst actress of the century century. So I'll I'll give that Mm. to her. Um, (laughs) I think it's sad. So he called, he called, he got all mad about it. Wilson said, we did get a voicemail that sounded like him referring to Sylvester Stallone for legal reasons. We can't say it was him. But his point was, my movies make money, stop picking on me, and you're not exempt from the Razzies if your movie made money, which I do agree. Yeah, that's you're actually not exempt from it, yeah. Almost less exempt. Um, but I do love the good sports, and um, uh, I, I, this is a brief history of the people who actually leaned into it, had fun with it. Unfortunately, it starts, I don't love this person, unfortunately, it starts with Bill Cosby. He was the first one technically to win, uh, to accept. Except for the fact that I think that this really shows the amount of asshole that right. we now know that he is. So he 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 wins, quote unquote, for worst actor screenplay and picture for the atrocious Leonard Part 6, not even Ghost Dad, uh, which he did so on Fox's Late Show. Cosby insisted his Razzie, though, be, and I think this is what you're referring to, be made out of solid gold, costing the network 30 grand. He wouldn't, uh, he said, I will ugh. accept it if you make it out of solid gold, and they also ended up making it out of marble as well. Because when he said, I want my golden raspberry, and if it isn't golden, I'm going to the press. And he said, it's a cop-out if it's not. If you're going to take a big name and declare it the worst, you have to perform as well. So Fox's Late Show stepped in and paid for marble and gold trophies, 
at a cost of 30 grand and hosted a mini Razzie's presentation ceremony on the late show for him. That's right. I guess we need to explain to the comedian the joke of it being purposely a shittily made award, but whatever. I guess that's, we'll just... that's the point. The, the, oh, it's you a can't joke. explain it to him in prison, can you? Because he's, uh, <laughs> uh, he's in jail. Um, he deserves so to be in jail. let's get past that. That fucking. <laughs> awful piece of shit. Tom Selleck accepted his Razzie on Fox's The Chevy Chase Show in 1993 for his turn in the film I've never heard of this fucking shitbag movie. Christopher Columbus The Discovery which he won for I I forgot to look up if he actually plays Christopher Columbus which I feel fingers crossed. (laughs) (laughs) Was he playing the ship? Come on, of course he's playing it. Oh no, he plays Ferdinand the second of Aragon. Wait, <laughs> no, wait, Marlon Brando is in this? <laughs> Marlon Brando, Tom Selleck, George Corafache, and Rachel Ward. Benicio del Toro. <laughs> <laughs> now I kinda want to see it Whoa, just to see breast. how bad it is. There's, there's breast. breast in the film. Woo-hoo. Um man, <laughs> this just looks like it, it look you know what it kind of looks like? It looks kind of like those bad um, into the world Christian movies that came out. It kind of yes. has that vibe to like it. Like the you ones know that I mean? Kirk Cameron won Razzies for? Yes. Of course. Yeah, yeah. But with titties. But with titties. But with titty titties. on it. Yeah, put some titties in those movies, guys, and then maybe I'll I'll, uh, I'll get on your Armageddon. You prophecy. mean, or you'll get more Razzies, like in Showgirls. There you know you go. what? I say, Mazel, Mazel, Mazel for Paul Verhoeven, who showed up as he was the director of Showgirls. Mm-hmm. He showed up to accept all seven Razzies that Showgirls. <laughs> yeah, won. man, you gotta embrace it. Go for him, because. That's what makes it fun. I love this part of it, that the people that went out of their way to be like, you know what, I'm going to lean into the joke. Why fight it? It's silly. There is so much vitriol on the internet for the people that make the Razzies. It's insane. Guys, it's entertainment. It's funny you brought up uh, uh, fighting it and and also supporting it. One person who sort of did both was Tom Green. He attended the show in 2002 to accept the Worst Actor Award for Freddie Got Fingered. But also when he got to the podium, he started playing a harmonica and would not stop. Wilson said, we went out. Out and surrounded him in a big group hug. He had we had to pry his hands off the microphone and carry him off stage. He was pissed. So I, I think it was a oh little God. of both going on there from well, Tom Green. Well, it's because it's Tom Green. And I was going to watch Freddie Got Fingered for this because I know it was also another shit show. But you know what? I think that that deserves its entire episode. Sure. I am scaring everyone. I'm threatening everyone right now with a Freddie Got Fingered episode. I can do it. I can do it. Henry at the very least, it. Tom Green. A very yeah. At the very least, a Tom Green episode, because that guy definitely deserves it. Um, Then you have Ben Affleck, and this is cool, accepting his Worst Actor Award for G. Lee on Larry King Live. Oh, never mind. This wasn't cool. I forgot. Again, this is a guy who was like, quote unquote, a good sport, and then super not. He He ends up breaking the statue and leaving it behind. Um, Does that make you feel good about yourself? You know what? I think this is the best thing that Wilson could have done. Mm -hmm. He auctions the trophy off on eBay for $1,700, which paid for the next show. Fuck you, Ben Affleck. Oh, you (laughs) want to have a tantrum? Yeah, it doesn't make you look good doing that. No, to break it? What are you, a child? Were you proud? Was Geely like something you were super proud of? I don't think anything. 
anyone was proud of Gili. <laughs> I remember getting it. By the way, I have to give shout outs where shout outs are due to the, the uh, if you love to celebrate bad movies, How Did This Get Made is a fantastic podcast about yes. bad movies. And I remember, you know, they did an episode on Gili that, that got me to look up clips and stuff. And I was just mystified by uh, the whole everything oh, surrounding yes. yeah, that it's film. A, that's a fun ass show. I, that's one of the longest running podcasts I've ever listened to. Hell yeah. 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 It's, it's pretty great. So this is where we get to 2005, my favorite thing about the history of the Razzies, Halle Berry historically showing up to accept her worst actress award for Catwoman. Which she does deserve. Yes. (laughs) Just one year after she won Best Actress at the Oscars for Monsters Ball, I I believe she was the first African-American woman to win a Best Actress award. Yes, so not only does she accept the the award, but she brings her Oscar with her. To accept the Razzie. And is so, such a good sport about it and is so fucking funny about it. She gets up, she fakes being like really emotional. She says, first of all, I want to thank Warner Brothers. Uh, thank you for putting me in a piece of shit, god awful movie. I never thought my, in my life I would be up here winning a Razzie. I mean, it's not like I ever aspired to be here, but thank you. She holds up her Oscar. No, I don't have to give this back. It's got my name on it. She brings her manager on stage with her, uh, and, and, which is amazing. And is literally like, can you not just pay attention to how many zeros are behind the one next time you're choosing? Using a movie and really actually maybe spend time reading the script. That's like just so funny. He's up there just looking so embarrassed. She thanks her manager, agent, lawyers, the film's writers, her Catwoman cast members, including Alex Borstein, who she uh, who she brought up to the podium. Um, just, just so what a funny. Queen. And you gotta watch the whole speech. It's online. I think this was it is actually online. And also do yourself a fun favor. Get some friends together and watch Catwoman if you haven't, because oh we're gonna talk God. about Catwoman a little bit. And uh it was a lot more fun than I thought it was gonna be. I la I laughed the entire time. Yeah, <laughs> you definitely wanna have some people with you. It's not a lone experience movie. No, and some other people showed up to accept their awards as well. The screenwriter of Battlefield Earth, I could not bring myself to watch Battlefield Earth again because actually the us as a family watched it last That's year a tough again. One. That's it a is tough so one to get long. It's just yeah, it's, so long. Yeah. So the screenwriter J. David Shapiro showed up and accepted the Golden Raspberry for worst screenplay, but also did comment that Travolta, John Travolta, had called Battlefield Earth the Schindler's List of science fiction. <laughs> and I just, I needed to just say that. I had to say that aloud because that's absolutely ridiculous. But he was saying it and like, he was saying this is so deep. Yes. Okay. No, got no, no. It, no. He it. meant, oh no. Right. Judge it, was L- meant it was an LRH uh, story. Yes. Oh yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. he meant it. And also, the Rock accepted his Razzie. Nice. He won the Razzie for Baywatch. And he had said, which actually I think that this is where it goes hand in hand. Um, it was it was up for so the award ceremony that year. They had so bad you loved it. And that's what Baywatch won for. And The Rock said, we made Baywatch with the best of intentions. It didn't work out like that, but I humbly and graciously accept my Razzie. And I thank you, critics. Thank you, fans. And look, at the end of the day, a movie so rotten you eventually fell in love with it? That's just the way love goes, which I think is a very cute thing to say. 
Uh, also, you in 2010, uh, Sandra Bullock also showed up very last minute to pick up her Worst Actress trophy for All About Steve to the surprise of the organizers, which I think is great. Um, uh, Wilson said, we've had a couple of slogans that we use, one of them being own your bad, which was coined by co-founder Mo Murphy. It's better if you own up to it. The two best examples of that are Halle Berry's speech and Sandra Bullock's. They both took decidedly different tacks in addressing it. Halle Berry just had enormous fun at her own expense. And Sandra Bullock was kind of questioning whether we'd seen the film based on the grosses. We are the kids in the peanut gallery having fun at some very very famous, very elegant, very wealthy people. For our perspective, if you got paid millions of dollars to do something like Batman v Superman, you should be able to have a sense of humor. We're not taking away your $10 million. We're just saying, ha ha. <laughs> I mean, because how do you not make a joke where uh, Christopher Walken was nominated for an Oscar and nominated for a Razzie in the same weekend. He did not win either one, but he was nominated for Catch Me If You Can. And then he was also nominated for the Razzie for for Disney's The Country Bears. So it's like, <laughs> if you're making two vastly different movies, right. you have to realize that not all of it is, not all of it can be the Schindler's List of science fiction. I mean, I think uh, the, the Country Bears is the Schindler's List of live action puppet movies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very close to like Muppets Take Manhattan. I think that they're definitely right. in the same vein here. Um there have been a couple of Lifetime Achievement Awards. A Yui Bowl is famously a fucking horrible director that just puts out so much schlock. He makes a lot of bad video game adaptations like Far Cry, House of the Dead, and Blood Rain. Wilson said he did this video. I think he meant it to be funny, but he was pissed off <laughs> where he kept mispronouncing the awards. It was absolutely hilarious and well-deserved. That's great. <laughs> and Ronald Reagan got the honor very early because <laughs> he was, of course, in those monkey movies. <laughs> yeah, you know, again, they made choices. He wanted to be an actor, and man, he kind of acted. And Across from a Monkey, I believe it was the Bonzo, I believe was the name of the movie. See, I saw one of them back in the day because I was with my friend, and his dad was like, yeah, Reagan, Ronald Reagan, you know, the president, ex-president, he was in a bunch of these monkey movies. We were like, what the fuck are you talking about? Then he put on one of them. We were like shocked. Just couldn't believe it. <laughs> was it just? Was it just bad? It was. Uh, yeah, they were just old black and white movies about a fucking monkey that Ronald Reagan was the star of, where it was like him and this monkey. Um, it's very fun. Was it like, wait, it's like a buddy cop kind of movie? Yeah, kind of a Hell buddy yeah. sort of thing. Not, a, I don't think they and were now, cops. Oh, I wish they were cops. I wish. I, it was. I wish our president was somebody who used to make monkey movies. No, I mean no, before no. CGI, that is a real ass monkey doing all that stuff. <laughs> the Razzie Redeemer reward. I wanted to. I, you mentioned it briefly. I didn't know if that was what you were about to talk about, Jackie. But I just that is the light at the end of the tunnel for me. They do want to celebrate people being able to make terrible films and then turn their career right back around uh, and Mo Murphy is the one the uh, the, uh, the the co-owner of the show he came up with this as a way to celebrate that that sort of thing Ben Affleck, bad sport Ben Affleck he ends up getting one because he follows up Geely with Argo, which Argo was fucking amazing, and Sylvester Stallone who was also upset he, he got one because of the Creed films and everything and uh, after making all those bad Rocky movies so. Well they actually started the award for Ben Affleck in 2014 
2014 mm. because he had won Gigli and then went to become an Oscar darling for Argo and Gone Girl in the same year. Ooh, yeah. yeah. So for as much as you're going to go ahead and destroy your little trophy, you <laughs> dagnab baby, baby alert. Um, yes, they created a new award for him, for him to redeem himself. And then he was followed by Sylvester Stallone winning. And then Mel Gibson won because mm-hmm. he'd won the... Uh, he was a nominee for The Expendables 3 Razzie, but then was up for an Oscar in directing for Hacksaw Ridge. Another, the latest one was Melissa McCarthy, who won, who is a multi-Razzie darling. And uh, she won last year because she became an Oscar nominee for Can You Ever Forgive Me? Which was great, by She's, the way. She uh, is fucking hilarious and a really good actress. And there's yeah. something, I love that her and her husband work together, but I don't, when they make stuff together, it's never her best shit. Yeah. I'll say that. Yeah, for sure. Well, because I think that it is, I think they're just having fun. Yeah. Because they is, write it together, they work on it together, and I yeah. think it is the same in the like the world of Jack and Jill, where it's like, well, they got a bunch of money, they like working together, why not make a bunch oh, yeah. of bullshit? I, perfect, I was literally about to bring up she really does have that Adam Sandler quality where she can do a punch drunk love and just be absolutely amazing and then go do a Jack and Jill and that's fine too whatever what are you gonna do yeah totally whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day eggs are a staple in our diets Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better, too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks... Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, in 2018, um, the, there was a lot of kerfuffle, which I remember reading about this and then completely forgetting about it, when the Oscars were going to add the category of popular movie. And that's because they're trying to keep up with the Marvels, with the, like things that all that people are watching that is just like, oh, it's what the layman's like to watch. And there was such an outcry, not only from, you know, from the internet, from the Academy Committee, from everybody, including the creators of the Razzies, um, for stepping on their toes. And Wilson said the Oscars lowering themselves to honor popular fare just to get more eyeballs is not conducive to their brand. Everyone depends on Oscar to point out the good stuff that might not otherwise be seen. We sift through bottom of the barrel, mindless, popular and sometimes unpopular entertainment. The Razzies invite the dishonored to humble themselves and own their bad. That's Mm. our job. So (laughs) a tip to our older, more distinguished, bald brother. You are our inspiration. Don't fail us now. The Razzies are codependent on Oscar. If you are devalued, so are we. And it actually all went by the wayside. They that has not come back around. Hell yeah. Um, that's, that's good. That so, good. <laughs> that good. That's Holden good, happy good. now. We've been watching a lot of dumb movies. 
I know. Which I'm so now stupid I think we need to talk about. Week. Yeah, so the this is the, if you want a little starter list, we've mentioned a lot of these, but this is the top 10 worst Razzie films according to Screen Rant, if you want get, to get going on, on, on catching some of these terrible-ass movies. Uh, Mommy Dearest. Go fuck yourself, but I understand. I get it. Strip T. That movie just puts me in a bad mood. I it's love kind Mommy of like Dearest. I Know Who Killed Me. I Know Who Killed Me is so bad that at the end of it, I was just like in a in a shit mood because I was just like, fuck everything, this fucking movie. See, I had a smile on my face at the end of Jack and Jill <laughs> by the fact that he had the freedom to make it in the first place. <laughs> so, uh, Mommy Dearest, Strip Tease. The Lonely Lady, which I hadn't really heard about. I guess it's this biopic about a screenwriter. Um, that was the one I hadn't really heard of. Bolero. Do you remember Bolero? I'm trying to remember nah, that nah, one. I know what that word is, though. <laughs> Geely. I've heard this one is exceptionally fucking garbage. The Twilight Saga, Breaking Dawn Part 2. How do you feel about them saying that? Natalie is a stan. She's a stan of Twilight. All right, Natalie, I'm literally just going to say one word, and that word is wow. I did not choose. Uh, And now I'm going to walk away from the microphone (laughs) and and pray for you. I'm gonna. I've never felt had. I've never prayed for anyone before. I am. I am getting roasted for something that I did not do. Um. <laughs> wow, I, who's the most fuckable fucking shiny vampire, Natalie? Oh, it's definitely Robert Pattinson. <laughs> um, yeah, and so don't at me, okay? Whoa, wow. <laughs> there, there are those kind of movies and books that are so easily digested that I can keep them on in the background. Um, Henry's now watched them in pieces because I just throw them on when they're on like TBS and shit. I mean, they're um, always on somewhere. Mostly yeah. it's the soundtracks are really good. In the Hell yeah. Interesting. I will come at you guys. I will come at you with that. I will not come at you with that. Uh, is this movie dog shit though? Well, it's not good, but like. I mean, Breaking Down Part 2 specifically though is apparently just a, 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 on another level of. I would say it's better than some of the other ones. Okay. Whoa. What's the worst right. one in your opinion? One of the middle ones, probably. <laughs> That's a, There's a lot it's of all a wash to you, isn't it? It's just this... <laughs> it is. It's one thing. Yeah. It's like it's just like plain spaghetti, and I like plain spaghetti. <laughs> oh yeah, we just will butter on. See, it. I like some plain ass spaghetti. Either way, uh, Twilight Saga breaking down part two. Showgirls, of course. Battlefield Earth, which won seven Razzies. I know who killed me at number two. Uh, we will talk about it. Uh, Lohan actually won two trophies for worst actress and uh, another two trophies for worst screen couple. Uh, it was so bad. And then Jack and Jill sweeping the 2012 Razzie Awards, <laughs> winning all categories. Sandler won best actress and David Spade won worst supporting actress for playing female oh, characters in David drag. David Spade's a girl in it? Oh, yes. The film was also named worst prequel, remake, ripoff, or sequel on the basis that the movie stole elements of Ed Wood's classic cross-dressing film, Glenn or Glinda. I don't think it's on that high of a level. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I think that was just their way to sneak it into to, uh, uh, sweeping the entire show. And that is the number one, and I'm actually ashamed to say it, so I have not seen Jag and Jill. Now, I can only imagine... One of the, it is just actually like just viscerally annoying, correct? Uh, I will, you know what? I'm going to go out here on a limb, guys. It was not as bad as I thought it was going to be. It is racist and it is disgusting. But <laughs> um, it, 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 there's definitely a part that I even was offended by when <laughs> they look up 
his skirt to see what he's got under there, quote, and then he, and then like the member of this family, this is while they're also being very racist against Mexican people, gives a bunch of money to another dude so as to say that like, oh, you can go fuck it. It doesn't have a penis. Cool. Um, what, uh, what? I will say I was very surprised that Al Pacino is in this movie. Al Pacino Gives it his all. And you know what? I clapped when Al Pacino, spoiler alert, shows up in the end dressed as Mana La Mancha and saves uh, Jill as well as Katie Holmes, who plays Adam Sandler's wife, from the fight that they are in with David Spade dressed as a woman. And... um, what uh, what race does Rob Schneider play in this one? Rob Schneider <laughs> is not in this movie, ah. but I will say um, the um, the cast of this movie. I don't know how. It's Al Pacino, Johnny Depp is in it, Drew Barrymore, Katie Holmes, Norm Macdonald is in it, wow. Shaq is in it, Regis Philbin is in it, Dana Carvey is in it, Tim Meadows it. is in it. It's because of yeah. Sandler. I think because he's friends with all of them. I think it really is that he just put a bunch of his friends in it, but I every time another person would show up, and I didn't realize that Al Pacino is a huge part of this movie. Oh, wow. And I, you know... He gave it his all, and it was the whole plot of the movie is that Adam Sandler is trying to get Al Pacino, because he makes commercials, he was trying to get him to be in his commercial up from Dunkin' Donuts, where he it's not a Dunkachino, it's an, it's a, like, he changes his first name to Dunk, and now it's an Al Pacino, but it's a Dunkachino. <laughs> I'm, I'm tired just talking about it, but I, <laughs> there were a couple I of parts that I did just get emotionally, um, exhausted hearing uh, right. give that plot it is uh yeah it was um and even jared from subway is in it oh, so they oh really my are, god had good, their good, thumb good. on the time how long is, wait, oh when is it what year is this movie from this movie was made in 2011 and you know what it was too late is really what it is. I think the big problem is that if this movie was made in 1998, it would have been hit in yeah, a different way. Yeah, maybe even like 94. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. It, 2011 was way too late to make this. And he was too old. Uh, you can't, when you're a certain, past a certain age and you've, been on the scene for a while. It's not cute to do these kind of movies anymore. He gave it his all. I thought that he the acting was not that bad. And I agree with you, ladies. In a <laughs> post 9-11 world, this movie cannot exist. I know, uh, ah. I know who killed me. Uh, this film Ugh, was I directed mean. by Chris Syverston, who also did uh, the films All Cheer- Cheerleaders Die and The Lost. Uh, and he ended up doing movies for... Um, he, or, or yeah, he he's just sort of like likes making movies, weird like kind of horror films, I guess. So in case you guys are not aware, this is Lindsay Lohan playing multiple characters. She's a young woman named Aubrey Fleming who falls victim to a sadistic kidnapper. When her ordeal is finally over, Aubrey is a shocking surprise for her family. She claims to be someone else. Dakota. Some will wonder whether Aubrey is mentally ill, intentionally, intentionally lying, or... Or if there is some bizarre truth to her claim, and she's playing, she's playing a teenager in this. Lindsay Lohan herself is twenty one, and right. she, if you would have told me she was forty in this, I would have been like, okay, great. Yes. She and of course is to to heavy drug use. The filming was delayed in the first week of production due to Lohan being hospitalized. 
due to her being, quote, overheated and dehydrated, according to a representative. But of course, this also coincided with her just happening to check herself into a rehabilitation facility for a 30-day stay. She's leaving just to go shoot the movie at night. Paparazzi are hounding her so badly during all this. They even make it into the background of some of the shots in the film. Which uh, isn't she, that crazy? Yeah, she it, got it, she got a DUI, uh, uh, which prevented her from doing promotion for the film after it was completed. This is just and just okay. Let's get let's talk about it a little bit this movie. Like yeah, okay. There's also a sex not as scene. bad as I thought it was going to be. So bad. I enjoyed it. I <laughs> hated this right movie. <laughs> I actively hated this movie because it was just like, uh, it was just actively annoying. Like the look of it was terrible. The, um, remember, uh, oh, but it was edgy. The, just the so many weird moments. Like, it's like, what are you being right now? And I think at the end of the day, it wanted to be a horror movie, but at points, you know, it was like the part where she's fucking the guy. And it's got up. like the like the Porky's music all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. there's like music playing. And then the mom's just like putting up with it inside the house, just and listening to it. And it's like kind of it. supposed to be funny. Yeah, but she's just, it's, just leave the fucking house. And he's asking everybody for a condom out front of the house. Um, and her, uh, I, I, I can't believe Lexi said this out loud. At the very beginning, she's doing a strip tease, and Lexi's like, oh, you're going to be so, like, uh, hotted out by Lindsay Lohan in this movie. And I'm just oh, like, I don't think so. No. And even in the sex scene, she's got, like, um, she's got, like, drug abuser body. You see, it's like, the really bones sad, of her honestly. spine. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it's more you're watching somebody in a crisis. I mean, and yes. she is. She's in a full-blown crisis at this point in time. Yes. And it, and you can see it, not only in her acting, but everything about it. She looks, uh, she has the vacant eyes mm-hmm. of someone that is not fully present because she wasn't. No, and uh, also they add a full element of straight, torture porn in this movie it is Mm -hmm. like like hardcore gore scenes in this movie although and we were we were all texting with each other to not eat while you're watching because it's pretty gross but it does there's a scene where her hands are being frozen off and they do look like little hot dogs. They, right. I got a little hungry. Yeah. I little hungry. That's one of the elements of like, oh, this is this like at points, this is trying to be some horny boy movie. But then there's just actively trying to detest you. One of my favorite uh, like like are you really just trying to make me turn this off moments was in the final sequence with the serial killer playing piano so atrociously, annoyingly badly that I'm just like, are you literally trying to get me to turn this off right now? This is fucking like uh, nails on a chalkboard the way he's playing this piano right now. It's the Tom Green of movies. Just it's stuff like that upsetting. where you're just like, what What even? And, and just having no idea like what the plot is for so much of it until like kind of the end. The awful use of the symbolic blue oversaturation of different of, of things. What is the owl there was a doing. lot of use of final cut pro filters <laughs> on this movie so much pretentious dumb choices that is that's the lynch part that you're yes, talking exactly. about and it is there is this fine line between using kind of abstract imagery to be this incredible masterpiece like a lynch movie would be yeah or it just being this but that is why i actually really enjoy it because i appreciate them just going for it like he's doing his thoughts he had some dreams and he put them out there and i appreciate that side of it for sure and i also feel like this it was the age this came out in 2007 this was the time when 
all those gritty movies were coming in. If uh-huh. there's one word to describe it besides confusing and mm-hmm. upsetting, it is gritty. It's all very dark. In fact, to the point, my television is so old that there were times I had to like fuck with the settings of my yes. television so I could see what was happening on the screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it is. I'm embarrassed <laughs> that I put my television through that film because it's <laughs> a very nice I television. Rented it. I was. I wanted to like call Amazon and be like, I know, I know, I know. I rented Catwoman and Jack. And, Joe, <laughs> yeah. and I know who killed me this week, but please, I'm not going through. Like, I'm not about to have please a mental don't. break. Yeah, do not recommend movies based off that. Yeah, well, that was the funny thing for me is so this week for which the Bruiser were doing Bong Joon Ho, the director of Parasite <laughs> and Snowpiercer and the host, and all these amazing and Mother. So I'm literally going from watching Mother, this like amazing South Korean masterpiece film, and then and then switching to I know who killed me for the final. 30 minutes because I had to watch that movie in four different chunks. I was so just (laughs) offended by it. And the name, too, just to cap it off, I Know Who Killed Me is just one of the fucking dumbest names. (laughs) And she says it. She says it in the movie. And she says it. And And she says it. The budget for the movie was $20 million, and the box office made $9.7 million. Good. Uh, Yeah, just terrible. Now, let's also- How was that $20 million budget? Julia Ormond. It looks like a fucking (laughs) college movie, like a a college student film. Uh, I will say, because they did, I Know Who Killed Me- Won the special category. It also won a uh, worst excuse for a horror film, and I was sad for Julia Ormond because she lost the worst supporting actress to Eddie Murphy in ah. Morbid that year. <laughs> there you go. That's a bummer. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna happen to the best of us. Uh, all right, and then to cap it off. <laughs> Let's talk about Catwoman, directed by Pitoff, a visual effects supervisor who worked yes, for that's great right. directors. Yes, that's Just one name. One name. Yeah, just one name. Pitoff. Just one name. Uh, he worked for, he did effects for Lars von Trier, among others. Like, he's like a very respected effects supervisor dude. Now, again, we are talking about the Halle Berry Catwoman movie, yes. by the way. The Halle Berry Catwoman movie. He made two other movies. One, uh, V-Doc, which was a mystery that put him on the map. And then kind the only of. other movie he's made is called... It's called Fire and Ice, The Dragon Chronicles, and that was a made-for-TV movie that could not probably be very good. Pitoff said, I checked out some to see how Catwoman is treated in the comics uh, to make sure that our Catwoman was in the same vein, but I didn't want to be too influenced by the comic book because the whole point of the movie was it was to be the, uh, the uh, to be first a movie and to be different. Different from Batman, Different from Spider-Man, this movie has its own identity. I tried to find my sources more in the character of Catwoman herself. To me, Catwoman, the or to me, the Catwoman we're filming now with Halle Berry is in the continuity of the others. She's different Ooh. from Michelle Pfeiffer's character, different from anybody who's played Catwoman in the past, but she is Catwoman. When you look at the differences between the comic book Catwoman and the TV or movie Catwoman, they're all different, but there's a feeling that they are all Catwoman. Hallie brings her own personality through her attitude and through the outfit. Oh, you mean the tiniest <sighs> outfit I've ever seen for any... No wonder everything had to be CGI every time she moved. There's no way her huge, amazing breasts would be able to stay and move inside of said leather bra top and the is this you know what it is it's those low rise leather pants how ah. did they stay 
Oh, she didn't really do anything. When whenever she was on screen, she mostly was either squatting or standing or maybe kind of walking. That is all she basically was allowed to it do is in that right. outfit. CGI. It's right. it's basically a cartoon for half of the movie. <laughs> but the tagline for Catwoman should be. Isn't Holly Berry pretty? Uh-huh. I mean, she's gorgeous in it. It's not even that she's even necessarily bad in it. It's no. just the writing is and so it's, bad. She's also just not Catwoman. She's not crazy enough. Yes. The superficial stuff of it, too. It's all about, like, the cosmetics industry. And, like, it's And just... it was, like I was talking about earlier, it is such a 2004 movie where it's, like, uh, very sharp haircuts, Jump cuts technology, CGI. Her yeah. haircut was bad. All the in fight that scenes movie. are just like clip, 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 clip. I mean, in you the basketball sequence is the and, most. And it's beautiful in that it's so horribly absurd that yeah. it is, it deserves a Razzie. And it's not boring to watch. You're watching it, it does make you a little bit sick to watch because it's just the jump cuts yeah. is, I, it really did it was making me nauseous at times and I had to pause oh, it I was just going to say I have actively gone back and rewatched the basketball sequence multiple times that since I first saw sequence. it because it is so <laughs> embarrassing it is so corny it is one of the corniest things I've ever seen in a movie <sighs> It's like just watch that if you need any any indication of what this movie is about. Yeah, it is exactly. so dumb. And also uh, weird with all of the little kids in the background while they're almost fucking each other. Yeah. Oh uh, and, yeah. And yeah it's so say, weird. There's barely any stunt woman stuff in this because it's all digital it's kinda, also but, done by a man in which i yes. wanted to bring up because i figured when you had said like yeah and you can <laughs> see that it's definitely her stunt person is a man doing it and then i went back and watched some of the scenes like that is such a slap in the face so they had um this a dude nito lariosa who was her stunt person that had to just shave his head shave his and also wear that outfit to do stunts and why? They that's what that was the stunt. It still is to an extent, but there that was the stunt world for many most of film is they would just put guys in costumes because a woman could never do that. No. They also used to do something called paint downs. I think I might have mentioned that before. It's they wouldn't hire black people, they would paint they would body Ugh. paint white guys to do the God. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yep. Halle Berry said, everybody around me said, girl, don't do it. It's going to be the death of you. It's, Hall- it's Hall- going Hall- to Berry? end your here? career. But I guess what I did, I followed my intuition and I did a movie called Catwoman and it bombed miserably. While it failed to most people, it wasn't a failure for me because I met so many interesting people that I wouldn't have met otherwise. I learned two forms of martial arts and I learned what not to do. She also said, following your intuition doesn't always mean you're going to be successful or win the prize, but it means you're always going to learn the exact lesson or get the exact accolades or the exact check that you're supposed to get for yourself. Never compare that to anyone else. The incomparable Halle Berry, you know, I mean, honestly. she got paid $12.5 million. Yeah, who sure. shit? Who fucking cares? I love She also her. got to kiss Benjamin Bratt, which I will say, Benjamin Bratt was a... A loin throb for old young Jackie, that's for sure. I'm going to say this. I was not the biggest Halle Berry fan until she accepted her own award at the Oscars, or at the Razzies, rather. Yes. That is what made me a lifelong Halle Berry fan. So say what yeah, you will about her choosing to do Catwoman. If, a, if she hadn't have done that, she wouldn't have had a fan out of this fucking overweight 
fucking idiot piece of shit moron person. It. And Sharon Stone is still hot <laughs> as oh fuck in this movie. What a fucking babe she is in that movie. Oh my God, the liquor, <laughs> that liquor, suit liquor. at the end she's wearing. I'm just like, damn, girl. Like, there's nothing to hide. Her body's like perfect in that movie. It's yes. insane. <laughs> and there's, I mean, the movie doesn't make any sense of how she gets away with any of the things she no, gets away no, with no, no, because no. it doesn't make any sense. And the fact that, man, the scene with them on the um, uh, Ferris wheel <laughs> really, I don't. I got so inexplicably mad at the scene of the Ferris wheel. So in the Ferris wheel, Ferris wheel is breaking down, and then Benjamin Bratt, because you know he's a cop, which means he can scale the entire Ferris yeah, yeah, wheel yeah, like to go down and like fix. your dad. Your dad used to do that. Yeah, yeah, my dad can. Oh my god, give him a tree; he'll jump <laughs> over it. And he he went down to fix the Ferris wheel, and then she also climbs down to save a kid that she's just kind of <laughs> holding on to. Like, that whole scene made me well, so also, furious for There some were a reason. couple scenes where they had her definitely rigged when she was jumping around in her apartment, but it wasn't done that well, so it sort of would be like, she just like let her feet go, and then she'd be <laughs> lifted in the air, and then she'd Dude. be on the ground in a squat. What the fuck? <laughs> Could like really tell. <laughs> so and there you go, and that is why we should celebrate bad films. Uh, they are they are to be uh, held up, maybe not to the level of an Oscar worthy film, but you know I, I think there's something to be said about it, and I think that uh, the Razzies are here to stay. I'm excited to watch. I'm excited to become a part of the voting. Uh, public as well with that $40 membership. Uh, and hey, join in on the fun. And uh, we hope everybody does check it out this year. And uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's it. That's our episode on the Razzies. And congratulations. Congratulations to those dudes for taking it and doing it for 40 years and finally attempting to make it legitimate because yeah. that is a feat. That is an inspiration of man. Just keep fucking going. And eventually someone will listen. I'm legit Absolutely. excited to hear who's nominated. Me too. <laughs> Same cats. It's going to be, I mean, definitely cats. cats and hopefully the fanatic the fanatic has to, <laughs> we love you guys. And, uh, we will talk to you next week. Thank you so much for joining us. And my name is Jackie Zabrowski. You can follow me on Instagram at Jack that worm. And you can continue to listen to pop history for free on Spotify. That's right. My name is Holden McNeely, and you can find me on twitch.tv forward slash Holden Soul. But you can also find us on Patreon. Atreon. 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 Patreon.com. It's just one regular Patreon. They'll don't write Atreon over and over again in the, yeah, don't write that over in the over Hotmail spot. What is it called? Web address spot. Are you saying I'm failing? Yes. Patreon.com forward slash page seven podcast. Find it, dude. Get blasted in the face with so much hot, wet piss, dude. You would you think you're fucking uh uh you know what I mean? Yes. Like I don't know what's going on. Natalie Stop watching R. Kelly. <laughs> and you introduced me by saying hot wet piss. Uh, this is Natalie <laughs> You're Jean. You're so hot you wet piss from Natalie G. <laughs> what do you got for us? No. You can find me on uh the Daddy Jean and all the bullshit. With no hot wet piss. Just wow. cold, dry piss. <laughs> dry fucking shit. Uh, all right. Care, Bye. Bye. Good friends. Bye. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. 
Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.